This podcast is powered by The Plug. Hello, this is Marisol Solar-Terlacher, psychotherapist and consultant. And this is the Resilience and Resistance Podcast, a podcast about successful Black, Indigenous women of color who have overcome trauma and become resilient. Hi, Julie. Hi. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm so excited and I'm so proud of all of the work that you have put into this and to like make it all awesome and fancy and (laughs) apple and... uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> it does feel fancy, doesn't it? It does yeah, feel, I feel, feels... I feel honored. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel honored that you're here. I really appreciate it. So um, I have known you, or we've known each other for a long time. Um, I think we've run in different circles, very peripherally. And so I feel like I know a lot about your life, even though I don't get to spend time with you. <laughs> <laughs> which is odd. Right? And isn't it strange the way in which um, Denver consistently, like the world gets smaller and smaller oh. the longer that you are in community, right? Oh and my gosh. You're one yeah. of the people who I, I know is an awesome uh, person, a badass. And mm. and yet like, you know, we need to like... We need to um, hang out. Yeah. Yeah. We need to find time. Let's make that happen. Yeah. This, is, this is step one. <laughs> <laughs> Asking you to be a guest of this podcast is my way of getting you to hang out with me. <laughs> okay, it worked. <laughs> so I would love for you just to introduce yourself, how you identify, tell us more about the work that you do and are doing. Uh, certainly. Um, so I um, identify as Chicana. Um, I have um, deep, deep, deep roots here in uh the land, um, Southern Colorado, Northern New Mexico, um, the land that my grandparents live on in Northern New Mexico is actually my great grandmother's dowry. Like they're like old school, like older than dirt Chicanos. Um, and, um, and I, uh, came up through, through, um, growing up on the uh, border in South Texas and also on the um, San Carlos Apache Reservation in Arizona. Um, And like those two experiences of living on the res and then living on the border very much um, shaped my life and my identity um, of not necessarily experiencing things as a kid, as a young person, and not having a vocabulary to unpack the why or the Mm -hmm. what of what was actually taking place and so I remember you know being on the res and having at the at at the at the little grocery store there was just like um, certain types of produce right and then going to grocery stores that were not on the res reservation and then like um, seeing like all of the different arrays of choice and not understanding why that was Um, growing up on the border and um uh, we moved there in 1993, and um, seeing the the ways in which um, Border Patrol like, had access and free reign to all of the ranches, um, yeah. and we're able to and, and and literally watching the militarization of the border play out as like a fifth grade kid and yeah. not understanding what was um, taking place, and so or, or the why of of um, 
what was happening. And so, um, it, you know, my, my, uh, my parents like very much instilled in me, like, um, education and, um, and I got to college and I, um, learned the vocabulary, right. I learned, uh, how to analyze, um, power, how to analyze, um, um, social movements and, um, and how, if you don't have access to money or, um, privilege, if you organize enough people, you can actually change things. Um, and so, um, I've really, uh, dedicated my life to, uh, to those lessons that my parents instilled in me. Um, and so like, uh, I, I did a lot of organizing for, for many years in, in, um, in different social movements. Um, most often times with people who were um, coming from marginalized communities, yeah. whether that was uh, immigrant communities, whether that was uh, working class people, mm-hmm. whether that was um, young people. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the, the idea was like, let's balance the skills of power. Yeah. Let's take and let's build our own power. And then uh, in 2018, um, I was elected to the state Senate. Yeah. And so... Um, just finished my second uh, legislative session wow. and it's been like I'm actually kind of surprised by like the emotion in my voice right now because it's been rough yeah yeah now like uh, sorry no. uh, watching the ways in which uh, institutions have uh, uh, totally been willing to like set aside different communities yeah and not even take communities into consideration yeah yeah you know uh all i can do is like uh use the position that i have yeah. to do the work and uh to show up and to fight for community and so like so that's that's what i've been doing um and it's it's such a it's such a power it's such a it's such a honor and such a privilege to be able to do the work, yeah. um, the very, very uh, exhausting work and like yeah. um, important work of like creating space for people who often um, haven't been involved in uh, politics right. to do that, yeah. um, especially in this moment yeah. of navigating multiple crises. Yeah. Um, that work feels really important and really um uh urgent and so um so it's been it's so that's me (laughs) yeah 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 and I um I so appreciate your vulnerability in that because I think that um you're holding so much tension in terms of wanting to hold space right for community and be able to be a person who can be continue to be a voice and then also navigating a really challenging space that is fundamentally uh, structured to continue to marginalize those voices what has been so um so frustrating about um our, about our politics right now is the way in which we've become so divided yeah. and so um uh polarized yeah. And, um, you know, when we talk about trauma, 
Yeah. And we talk about the um, the ways that it shows up um, in, sorry, in, um, individually, the ways that it shows up collectively. Yes. The way that it shows up for community. Yeah. Um, you know, that is, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Don't be sorry. I totally wasn't expecting this. <laughs> no, I love it. This is real. Yeah. Um, what is what is fascinating about the ways in which um, what is hard right now about the ways that that um, that that community is experiencing all of this trauma, both individually and collectively. Um, is that we're navigating a lot, yeah. Um, yeah. whether that is um, fear about losing your home, whether yeah. that is fear about um, uh, getting sick, yeah. um, whether that is um, fear about finally having that conversation, that difficult conversation about race, yeah. um, or um, or having that conversation and it not going the way that you'd hoped, right? right? Like, there's so much there yeah. and um and what feels hard about this moment is um that we have a um a government a system that is exploiting that yeah. that is pouring salt in the wounds that right. is actively um uh exacerbating the 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 polarization of community right yeah. and like um, I see it in community. I see people turning and and getting into like whether it's Facebook fights or like other social media fights. Yeah. Whether it's like um, people playing out and even within families, even within my own family, you know, yeah. people who uh, have one difference of opinion and um, and because we are deeply isolated right now, yeah. are um, are unable to remember what it is that actually connects us yeah. and what it is that actually um, uh, unites us. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or your company are looking to jump into the podcast world, now is the time. The Plug Agency is here to connect you to the full power of podcasting. You just record and leave the rest to us. The people are listening and want to hear from you. Theplug-agency.com that's theplug-agency.com. Click the link in the episode description for an exclusive offer. Yeah. It's easier to focus on the difference right now. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I think that isolation in itself will bring up all of our own traumas and all of the ways that we uh, start to respond in mm -hmm. these spaces, right? I think when we're in a... Uh, trauma response where we're responding out of fear and confusion and uncertainty it it polarizes us even more one of the things that um in 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 the in the political work right now is actually just bearing witness yeah. to um to the pain that's playing out in community yeah whether that is the pain around gentrification and the loss of a sense of a, a neighborhood of, of literally like a community. Yeah. Um, whether that is um, talking about um, and, and bearing witness to uh, the families um, who have been ripped apart given the broken immigration system. Yeah. Um, 
whether it is, um, you know, talking about um, people whose whose lives on both sides um, of uh, perpetrator and um, and survivor within the criminal justice system, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. Um, and just listening and just uh, uh, creating space to like have the conversation. Yeah. That has been, I think, really empowering for not me because it's not my, not my, my, my lived experience, but for the people who are experiencing right. those, uh, uh, those issues to then create, to, to find a space to find someone who can, um, who we can struggle alongside yeah. to then try to figure out, okay, well, what do we do out of that? Yeah. This is a nice conversation, but what are we going to do? Right. Right. You know? Yeah. And so that's, that's where the policy and that's where the, the, the politics comes in, Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and in some ways, like, uh, we got to get through this, this election, <laughs> this moment, this political mm-hmm. moment. I know like, you know, people will always say, um, we have to, this is the most incredible, this is the most important election, blah, blah, blah. Right. But this one I really actually think is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I never actually, um, uh, I never saw myself in politics. Yeah. I never saw, um, myself holding, running for much less holding elected office and now that I'm here, it's like, okay, what can I do? What what work, what good can I do using the time that I've got? Yeah. You know, making ICE's life more difficult, um, <laughs> dismantling uh, that system and um, unelecting Donald Trump. Like, that's a huge piece of it for me right now. Yeah. And, um, and then the, the state-level policy work that we can move forward to... Uh, uh, advance you know uh justice in people's everyday lives like that's that to me is the work that's um that that's that's the response yeah um yeah. to uh the multiple traumas yeah uh, that the communities navigating in this moment yeah yeah so this podcast was born out of this idea that women of color particularly hold this dichotomy Right, both personally and professionally, that you know, our, both our lived experience and the challenges that we face, based on you know our either our young developmental experiences that we do or do not understand, or our educational experiences, right? Um, how we navigate those spaces, how we navigate professional spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I would love for you to speak more to that when you think about the that dichotomy. You know, which I think that you are articulating and you hold, I think, very well, right? Staying firm in the things that you value and that drive you and move you forward. And then knowing that you're working in a system that's fundamentally flawed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would just love to hear from your perspective what that's like for you. There are days when it's awesome and there are days when it's awful. Yeah. There are days when I'm like, I love this work. Like we were able to like pass this policy and um, I don't care whether or not anybody ever recognizes um, uh, that, you know, I did it because like whatever. Yeah. But um, I do care that um, there would be 
uh, more opportunity, fewer barriers for people to um, to, to thrive. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, and so there's days where it's like, yes, like this is this is awesome. This is what it. Um, this is why I do the work. Um, there's also times where it's just like. Uh, where you realize like um, bureaucracy and government is complicated and hard and mm-hmm. someone will come to me and ask um, for me to fix something that I don't have the ability to do, yeah. right? Like yeah. um, if it's an immigration issue, if it's a, a, a city issue, what have you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's hard. And yeah. it's so hard to tell um, folks that like... Um, so, thank you for coming to me, but actually, like, let me direct you to the right person. Yeah. And so, um, the, um, in the moment, um, like right now, I, I'm the only Latina in the state Senate. Yeah. And only the seventh that has ever been elected. Yeah. And, um, since Colorado was founded in like, um, I don't know when it was, 1876, mm-hmm. right? And, um, that's a damn shame, you know? Right, right. Um, and there is a, um, a sense of responsibility and like a sense of, um, uh, well, you got to show up and you got to be on your A game. Um, and that's something that is not unique to politics, right? That Mm -hmm. I feel like, Mm -hmm. um, all, uh, all, all uh, people of color, all people from marginalized identities, when you show up and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. whether that's navigating imposter syndrome, whether that's navigating, um, uh, am I enough? Yeah. You still have to show up. Yeah. And you still have to do the work. Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's, there's um there's sometimes where it's amazing and there's sometimes when it's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those moments when you feel the the hardness of it. I mean it seems as though I and I I, I completely agree and and I think resonate with that sense of having to show up, right? And even if you're feeling a tremendous amount of anxiety or like uncertainty or distress internally, um you can't let that show because the responsibility that comes with being a representative um, for your community or feeling like as a as a woman of color having to having the responsibility of showing up in a different way right so that you feel like you can you won't be questioned um, and those are the way that I'm the ways that I think about it I, I, I w- would love for you to speak more about how you manage the hardness of all of that like what what are the ways that help you get through those moments um it's in this political moment that we find ourselves in right now i feel like um strength and um hardness is uh what is celebrated is what is championed right like oh like uh uh, like oh that person so and so is such a badass or oh it's that that person yeah. like, doesn't take no shit or like you know what have you right and um and even even in some ways Trump like um, very much champions that yeah. like oh I will um 
uh, I'm I'm strong and you know whoever it is is weak right and um, and it, when you think about it when I was kind of step back from that um, that means that in that in that analysis or in that frame of mind strength is power and weakness is vulnerability yeah, right yeah and I actually don't hold that I don't I don't believe that to be true I think yeah. like that uh that being vulnerable yeah that like uh, I cry all the time so it's like whatever um that that like holding the space yeah that that's where people can say like oh yeah that's a that's I didn't understand where you were, were like you were coming from with that yeah years and years and years ago uh, when we were first working on like uh, the the campaign to um, what was it the the campaign to allow um, undocumented high school students to um, pay in state tuition yeah we gave every single fact and figure and statistic and you know mm-hmm. um, economic rationale and like all these ed- educational reasons and politicos kind of looked blankly and were like but I don't have immigrants in my district right and it was like oh, wow okay. okay let's let's let us um expand your perspective on that yeah um but it was actually people um coming forward and sharing their own stories yeah um and that them coming forward and being vulnerable and saying hey this is me and i need this bill and i need you to take this action yeah there was so much power in that that could not be um uh ignored yeah and that I think is actually uh, what will get us through all of this. Yeah, is like actually building those connections of being vulnerable. Yes, yeah. And so, I I think there's strength in that. Yeah, yeah. I 100% agree, and I do think that in that dichotomy of I have to show up in this way in order to be understood seen heard right like I have to be the badass I have to be strong I can't show any you know cracks or chinks in the armor um, doesn't really allow people of color to live in their full humanity right that our capacity to be vulnerable and to live in our vulnerability actually is the strength that that allows us to live in our fullness as opposed to feel like we have to be in this uh, w- this constant tension for ourselves mm-hmm. around I have to hold this in order to be accepted or to be seen as valuable. It's so real. And I think um, when I, you know, I'll get caught up in whatever political battle of the day that it is and I kind of zoom out from it and then I'm like, wait a second like mm-mm. like is this um is this little political whatever it is yeah going to lead to um more people thriving in in in, in my community or not right because if it's not i'm good off of it yeah you know and like yeah. finding 
I'll I'll throw down on those battles where it does matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's come with some time to figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I used to, when I first got in, I it was actually, I was sort of paranoid. I was paralyzed. I was yeah. like, I don't know what, 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 what did I just get myself into, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and then um, in, as I learned, I, I kind of um, went on to the opposite direction where I was like jumping into all of the battles. Yeah. Why? Cause like, why not? Like there's <laughs> battles to be fought. Right. Um, and then now like sort of finding a middle ground where it's like uh, that, Picking and choosing um, what things um, are are petty and um, and uh, minor and yeah. will not make um, deep lasting change, and what things actually will. Yeah. Um, and then putting my really trying to focus my energy towards that, which oftentimes means um, doing the stuff that is politically harder, mm-hmm. because the easy stuff is you know it's easy <laughs> right. it's, it's politically shiny and right. it's um and it's easier to get done mm-hmm. um the hard stuff is what actually um what what people really need yeah you know yeah um so that's that's the sort of the way that i, I try to navigate um uh this moment yeah so i'm um, want to know more about your growing up um, and how that helped you in to come to this moment, right? I know that obviously it's like those those experiences that you're able to point to and say the, these things shaped me. But I'd love to hear more about just your process growing up, um, the ways that you have drawn from your experiences in your family and your community. Uh, it's so funny because especially right now where we're all kind of in, in quarantine, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, I, when we were, t- I grew up on first on the San Carlos Apache reservation, um, from when I was born until I was eight. Um, my dad, um, uh, uh, was a, was a ranch manager and, um, he managed the cattle association, um, five different, like, really big uh, ranches for the San Carlos Apache tribe. Mm. My mom was a an elementary school teacher. Mm. And so growing up there and understanding, um, understanding that I was not Apache and I wasn't white, but I wasn't, I wasn't either, yeah. but I didn't have a vocabulary as to, like, Chicano identity or, like, yeah. even Mexican-American identity or anything like that. Um and then moving to the border um, mm-hmm. in South Texas, my dad got a job managing a different ranch. And this time we actually live like on the ranch. And so I was like 30 miles from town. Wow. And um, and so we, we were there from the time I was 10 until I graduated high school. And um, so I joke now with my husband about um, being in quarantine and like, I'm like generally okay with it because um, I... I was very used to, like, as a kid, um, as, like, a middle schooler, a high schooler, um, finding ways to um, be alone and be okay with mm-hmm. being alone, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think that um, 
my conceptions around um, power yeah. um, and access mm-hmm. and um, community were all very much formulated um, through uh, through those experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's very interesting um, to see, like, even within my own family, um, how those different lessons have, have, have played out, right? Yeah. Who went to college, who didn't, yeah. who has a quote-unquote professional job, who doesn't, yeah. um, how folks navigate um, uh, space. Yeah. I mean, literally even being, like, in a city. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for one of my brothers, he's just like... I'll come to Denver like once every three years, but like uh-huh. that's about it. <laughs> yeah. The big city. Yeah, exactly. He's like, mm, no. <laughs> for for my oldest brother, like Pueblo is like a lot. You know, like he's like, I could do Pueblo, but like Denver. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and that's all very much rooted in um, a sort of the ways uh, that we grew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, and in that, knowing that like moving from, a, a kind of smaller, more insular community, and then going off to university, and um, obviously that was a time that shaped your, you know, con- more cons- your capacity to conceptualize all of these things that you'd been thinking about for so long in terms of your own experience. What was that transition like for you? Oh, it was uh, <laughs> a punch in the jaw, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was such deep culture shock. Yeah. Um, th- everybody had talked about, you know, um, the East Coast being, um, oh, Texas is so friendly and like the East Coast, they're so cold. And actually experiencing that and um, uh, being at Yale, which was such a white institution, mm-hmm. um, you know, 75 years older than the United States, you know? Um, And there was such deep rooted legacies of, of actual power. Yeah. Um, The year I I moved, I started my freshman year um, in April, 2001, you know? And so when 9-11 happened, um, it was, uh, it really shaped and transformed, you know, um, uh, uh, my life and um and that was that was one piece right of like me being like oh i wait a second i really want why why are we doing this yeah what what why are we going to war what's going to happen to my family what's going to happen to uh, my community what's going to happen to my um you know college roommates and and people in my in my um residential college and what have you um but then also uh it's trying to navigate um, work study, trying to navigate, um, coll- you know, whatever, college life, yeah. all of the things as like a working class person. And um, and then my junior year of college, my mom passed away pretty suddenly. Yeah. Totally like unexpected. Um, and the question then became like, do I still want to participate? Yeah. Or not? Yeah. Oh, it was rough. Yeah. I had this conversation with my dad and was like, well, should I do, should I like, you know, uh, take a semester off? 
Yeah. And should I, like, what should we, like, let me, like, help you, like, let's figure out life, like, whatever. And my dad was like, no, like, your mom would have wanted you to go to school. Yeah. So it was like, oh, okay. So I went back to school. Uh, and it was like, uh, I remember this very clearly, like, sitting down with my academic advisor, who was like, super, um, super East Coast, super, <laughs> just think of your stereotypical, like, you know, Yale professor guy, because yeah. that was him. Yeah. And he was like, uh, okay, so you've had two weeks, so you're good now, right? Mm. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so I figured it out, got straight A's that semester, yeah. like crushed it yeah. in a lot of ways. And um, I, I think I think a lot about that time because um, I I don't ascribe it only to um, to Yale. Yeah. But I do ascribe that to power. Yeah. Where power yeah. wants to flatten out. Yeah. Uh, individuality wants to flatten out um, vulnerability wants to flatten out any little wrinkle um, in order to produce whatever it is Um, whether it's college graduates whether it is widgets whether it is um, Mm -hmm. destructive policy whatever right like (laughs) that's how power works yeah and um, it, it took me a long time to like unpackage that yeah. and to to say okay no i reject that yeah. but if i am going to participate in x y or z structure i am going to do it in a way that feels uh like authentic and 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 real and yeah. worthwhile yeah and so so yeah 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 i think that just the way that you are able to um, c- understand that for yourself now that that moment of you know uh, almost dismissing the grief dismissing that the impact for you and and to be focused on productivity right that this idea that we have to be productive and that grief is just this blip and that we can just keep going and we don't have to acknowledge or recognize it and that is what continues to allow those power structures to function but uh that grief in itself is so important and and so meaningful in terms of our ability to be able to grow and learn and understand ourselves and understand how we are in relationship to other people Absolutely. And I th- I think that we, like, as a society, we don't talk about it. We yeah. don't acknowledge it. We don't acknowledge vulnerability. We no. don't. Um, it's 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 not in our nature to it's not in this in this late capitalistic American society. It's not accepted to talk about um, that pain. Right. Right. And when you actually stop and think about it um and when we sort of break that down and break down those walls that we put up um uh in our own families or in our own selves yeah um and start to talk about those 
uh, feelings, those sentiments, like those, yeah. uh, that loss. Yeah. That's, that, there's power in that. There yeah. is tremendous um, uh, um, opportunity yeah. to think about how to move forward in a different way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I've, I've tried to, you know, in my own life, in my own work, mm-hmm. um, to 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 show up and to to listen um, to that mm-hmm. in, for my own self, um, and I've also tried to find ways to apply that to the movement work that I do. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. There is uh, for like six, almost seven years, I served as a paralegal to. Um, mm-hmm immigrants who were navigating a deeply broken immigration system um, and um, knowing that I was asking people to recite trauma, mm-hmm. right? You get me in a room and man, I just tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so good. Um, so you were talking about noticing for yourself. And so um, I served as as a uh, as a paralegal to um, to immigrants who are navigating um, a lot of trauma, um, a deeply broken immigration system, mm-hmm. and and my my work as a paralegal was to um, document that trauma in a way, not just to document the trauma, but to document it in a way that the government would understand and care about yeah right yeah and so i had to um be very intentional about what questions i asked what questions i didn't ask um and then to make sure to capture it in a way that um as i'm you know transcribing documents as i'm translating documents all of these things to um to translate that in a way that would um uh, give voice to uh, the vulnerability, to the pain, the grief, yeah. um, the fear, uh, whatever emotion um, that that uh, person was feeling in that in that moment, and and so um, that was I learned a lot there. Where it's like it's very clearly it's not about me. It is about centering the person. Um, you know, on the other side of the table, and it is um, figuring out how to um, do whatever possible in order to help them uh, win their case and move on with their life and be, you know, um, just get on with the rest of their life and not to have to navigate this um, this broken system anymore. Right. Did it feel like that was uh, an awakening for you as well in terms of your own process, like starting to break down those walls for yourself internally around being a more open to your own vulnerability? In some ways, yes. And then in other ways, um, it actually, like, uh, I felt like I had to build up different walls mm-hmm. in order to um, not carry all of that yeah. guilt and trauma and um, emotion home. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah. so um, in some ways, absolutely, because it was connecting um the 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 anger i felt um the the rage um the 
the the fury about how dare we yeah. as like this country as you know this system this society treat other people in such a callous manner yeah yeah you can only organize off of that for so long yeah you can only do you can only um participate in movement off of that pure rage Mm -hmm. for so long Mm -hmm. and at a certain point you burn yourself out um and that actually was was really important it was it was doing that work it was showing up it was being intentional it was being very um focused and and um and uh um driven right Mm -hmm. to um do right by uh, the clients we served that um, helped me in my own process um, figure out what are the ways that I can heal myself and what yeah. are the ways to use um, those emotions that I'm feeling in a, in a positive way to build. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Because we can all be angry and anger is a very powerful emotion. Um, but at least for me, like at a certain point, I just, I burn myself out. Yeah, yeah. I want to have something that's, like, exciting to build off of. Yeah, yeah. It's almost, I I talk about this all the time, um, that, you know, our emotions are our greatest motivators. They're the things that fuel us, right? And it's so easy to cut them off or dissociate from them. It's another thing to find access to the whole, uh, you know, uh, array of emotions that we have in order to fuel us rather than be constricted to one emotion Mm -hmm. or to feel like I can't have any other emotions or or allow myself to be in a a range of emotions uh, because they feel scary or uncertain or I don't know what to do with them. And I think that your ability to be able to open yourself up to feeling and understanding how that does not only fuel your work, but allows you to be sustainable in your work. It is, yeah, it's, it's, it's important. And mm-hmm. I also think that, um, that we are in this moment where um, it's easier to not, it's easier to not, um, there's so many um, uh, competing forces within society that mm-hmm. are saying, "Don't care. The system's broken. It's it's um, it's not worth fighting for. Just burn it all down." Mm-hmm. And um, you know what? So there's days where I'm like right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. where I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is really broken. Except that. Um, uh, we're starting to see what that society would look like yeah. um, if we give up and stop fighting. Yeah. Like literally fascist, <laughs> fascist yeah. in the street, like um, secret police. And um, and quite frankly, the secret police that have been conducting ICE raids in communities yeah. for years. Right. Right. Um, the new level of outrage now that it's taking place with American citizens. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, if we don't uh, fight back, if we don't build uh, a vision where you know people are treated with dignity and respect, and like, um, then what is the then the world that we will live in um, will be a very uh, 
um, uh, dark and scary place, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so um, it is, I think, uh, important to participate in that, um, in the, in the building, in the, even though it's hard and even though it's like complicated mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you ask for 10, you settle for seven and then you end up with four, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you know, at a certain point you're like, Oh, was it even worth it? Um, I still ultimately, um, think that it is. Yeah. And I do think that, um, a part of the work also is, um, to not have it all be on one person to yeah. not have it be all on, um, you know, the, the quote unquote figureheads, yeah. right? Like, yeah. um, that you actually build power by, um, by spreading out, yeah. um, and by organizing, uh, more people, uh, it, to participate in all aspects yeah. of, um, social movements inside the Capitol and outside of it. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. um, to, you know, I mentioned I'm the only right now, I'm the only Latina in the state Senate, um, that's going to change, yeah. right? Like, um, one of my colleagues is moving over from the house to the Senate. Um, we're hoping to grow, um, our Latino caucus, um, mm-hmm. because that's become a place where we can, um, uh, be honest and be vulnerable and yes. strategize alongside one another and um, figure out how to show up for our communities. Yeah. Um, and that's been really powerful and really exciting. Yeah. Um, and that's the stuff that gives me hope, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I would love for you to talk about resilience. So again, the premise of this podcast is overcoming trauma mm-hmm. and becoming resilient. And I would love to know what that means to you. Um, to me, overcoming uh, trauma is that there is a um, there is a power in that, mm-hmm. um, and um, and that resilience is that power, yeah. and um, and being able to um, treat oneself yeah. with grace. Yeah. Um, and being able to uh, experience um, uh, the good and the bad, and to roll with the punches, and yeah. to um, and to still show up. Yeah, that is resilience. Yeah, I think a lot about um, you know uh, um, previous generations right mm-hmm. like our ancestors mm-hmm. like the people who um watched as like land was taken away the the people who um fought back against you know the worst atrocities within you know um within our history slavery yeah. the holocaust and it makes and i often think about um what would they say about this moment yeah um and um, and t- so to me, like resilience is, um, being able, is also trying to, in a way to resilience is taking those lessons from the past and trying yeah. to figure out ways to learn from those to figure out new pathways forward yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to use our ancestors as guides mm-hmm. and knowing that they, in a sense, were resilient and we can build on that resilience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and having access to 
uh, all of the ways that we feel, yeah. right, good and bad, yeah, and be gracious with ourselves in that. It's been, um, it's always a work in progress, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I, I think that um, there is so there is so much um, that we are experiencing mm-hmm. um right now whether it's you know again it's like i keep i, I feel like i'm like repeating myself but it, it's such a it's such a it's so true for me in this moment yeah. of um the economic uh anxiety the uh the pandemic itself mm-hmm. um and all of these questions around structural racism um how we respond to that if we just say oh well let's have an interpersonal conversation to us and and think that that's going to resolve a structural mm-hmm. um uh uh flaw within the system or a structural um uh aspect of the system okay that's one thing um it won't at the same time i also think that there's like real power in choosing to step away from you know, um, and, and to take care of oneself and to say, you know what, like, I'm not going to participate in X, Y, or Z rally or this, that, or the other, or whatever campaign or this, that I'm going to actually go and grow a garden. Yeah. Right. Like that, that can be as transformative Mm -hmm. and as, um, in some ways radical, um, as, uh, as anything else, you know? And, um, I think being open to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about experiencing the full range of emotions. Mm -hmm. And I think about it in terms of experiencing all of the different tactics, Mm. um, uh, in the ways in which we quote unquote, like show up, um, for ourselves and for community. And those things matter. Those things matter deeply. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you so much for being here with me. This was so good. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. This is like a really beautiful space. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, And um, I'll probably have you back. I swear I'm having everyone back because I could have it. <laughs> I could talk to everyone for hours. You all don't know. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd love that. Um, what you're doing here is really important so um thank you thank you and thank you for your good work i always appreciate all the work that you've done (laughs) yeah thank you all right okay we'll talk soon for my soul y'all yeah for your soul y'all this ain't a theory really this ain't something that i made up a lot to believe it's not fucking selfish like Amarisol Solar Durlacher. As a trauma expert who's worked in the field for almost 20 years, I'm transitioning from clinical practice to offering workshops, training, and coaching to mid-sized companies, organizations, and nonprofits. I partner with companies and organizations who are interested in building the resilience of their staff and empowering them regarding their mental health and well-being. If this is you, reach out to me so we can start a conversation about how I can help. If you know someone who might be interested, feel free to pass along this information. You can find more at my website, and the link can be found in the show notes. Again, as always, thank you so much for listening.